Around the world in 80 days, geez, what took so long? It's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Medicare podcast for soccer hooligans. Skating on thin ice, it's Medicare expert Doug Jones. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another thrill-packed episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. It's a beautiful, cloudy day here in uh, central Arizona. I guess we're really in southern Arizona. And it's so unusual to have clouds in the sky that I find it refreshing and interesting. On the other hand, my podcast engineer and good friend Randy Carson is always depressed by cloudy weather. I think he thinks he's back in the Midwest where this kind of thing can last for weeks at a time before you ever see the sun in Arizona. It's going to last for a couple of hours and then it will, uh, it will clear up and we'll have sun beating down on us and people complaining about the heat, even though it's September, they're going to be complaining about the heat. Yesterday I drove down to, to uh, Scottsdale and it was 105 degrees. I had to take the spousal unit to her physical therapy session because of her recent knee replacement, and I sat in the car with the air conditioning, the engine running, uh, eight cylinders of of, uh, American V8 power, uh, pumping out gasoline just for me to sit in the cool comfort of uh, air-conditioned interior space. And so, frankly... I'm here in Arizona to enjoy that for maybe the rest of my life. I would rather not have to go back to Illinois, but I am told that we're going to be back in Illinois at some point, so I have to steal myself for that eventuality. Anyway, what are we doing here? We're here to enjoy the aspect or the prospect of people in the audience crossing over into Medicare. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing, typically, when one gets proper advice as to what choices to make when one is approaching Medicare. One can purchase Medicare insurance that will fill the gaps in the poorly designed government program. And uh, for a very small monthly outlay, one can have 100% or very close to 100% protection with reasonable risk, reasonable uh, prospect of losses, a very attractive monthly outlay, and uh, frankly, as good as you can have it in this modern world of ACA or Affordable Care Act, or as we call it, Obamacare, uh, that uh, caused medical insurance plans to take a big hit, and they are less attractive than they used to be. But once you cross into Medicare, you're in a whole different legal environment, and it's possible to get excellent Medicare coverage that they can never take away from you, if you follow my advice. You can never have it taken away from you unless you uh, neglect to pay the premium when due. Other than that, that's the only way they can take it away from you, as opposed to some other types of Medicare supplement or Medicare uh, coverages, not supplements, but uh, Medicare Advantage plans. Uh, those can be taken away from you without your uh, your cooperation, without you having to do anything wrong. They can just change the plan and it becomes something that you don't want. Where did I get all this knowledge? Well, I got it in a place that you can get it. 
I got it at Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com, and I searched for Medicare for the Lazy Man 2022, the simplest and easiest guide ever. It's a small book that uh, packs a lot of information about Medicare, and it's written in such a way that uh, it's easy for a non-insurance professional and a non-governmental uh, uh, professional to understand Medicare. What are the parts of Medicare? What do they do? How do I protect myself? What's the best way to get a lot of protection at the lowest cost? So if you're going to buy that book to learn about Medicare, I would suggest that you go to Amazon.com for the widest variety of books or Barnes & Noble for a beautiful colored illustration on the inside of the books. Uh, all the pictures are in color. But uh, if you go to Amazon, you're going to have the opportunity to buy a hardcover book or a paperback book, which is by far the bestseller, a Kindle version, which uh, if you have a Kindle, this is the most uh, economical way to acquire the book. It's just costing you uh, $3.80 with no sales tax and no shipping charges. And uh, finally, if you want, you can buy the Audible book, which uh, is me basically reading the book to you. Now, I might point and laugh and say, you're kind of lazy. If you're going to buy the, the Audible version, let me do all the work. That's not really uh, the ideal. But if you want to have that kind of a lazy reputation, then I'm going to accommodate you. And I will read the book to you so that you can absorb all of the Medicare information that's contained within the book and uh, do it with the least outlay of energy, least expenditure of energy. Now, let me ask Randy if he wouldn't mind playing our 30-second uh, radio spot, as he does periodically. The way I ask him is, I it's kind of nonverbal. I just uh, clam up for a while, and somehow the spot starts playing. Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Okay, thank you, Randy. I appreciate that. And uh, if you would like to join us to comment on the uh, the cloudy weather and get that out of your system, I would not uh, be averse to hearing your complaints. So, oh, man, I, I got up this morning and saw the clouds. And oh, by the way, I know you don't wake up early, but I was up about, oh, I don't know, 3, 30, 4 o'clock, and uh, it was raining so I don't know really? if you knew it actually it actually rained, but it did. Well, everything was wet uh, when Mary got up, which is much earlier than me. And so when I walked out of the bedroom and I said, what the heck happened to the sun? She said, not only that, but it rained. So that's how I found out. That's right. I, w I woke up about 3.30 and I heard this noise and I go, oh, surely, surely that couldn't be rain. And I, so I listened carefully and I go, yeah, sounds like rain to me. And of course, that's just about the time that my pup wanted to go outside. Well, now you didn't have to go outside with the pup, right? You just let the pup out. I, uh, well, the new pup I have to go out with, but, oh. uh, normally I don't do that, but the new pup hasn't quite got accustomed to all the processes 
in the uh, household. So yes, it, right now I do go out with him. Okay, but, so you got uh, a new one. Is he tiny like the other ones? He is a he is a toy poodle. Okay, and his name is Darby. Alrighty, and he's uh, he's what's called a dark apricot. So what that means to you is he looks a lot like an the color looks a lot like an Irish setter, which ah. in fact is why his name is Darby. Okay, well that's very good. You know, my wife uh, acquired an Irish setter when the kids were little. She loved that dog. Dumb oh, yeah. as a box of rocks. Dumb, dumb, dumb. What they, the they're heck? not Irish setters are not going to come out the top of the heap for you know they're lovable, they're wonderful dogs, but when they when they passed out the you know the exceptional canine yeah. intelligence somewhere, they weren't in line. Yeah, we're never going to see them working as uh, uh, <laughs> as uh, emotional support dogs or anything, right? Because they'll lose no. interest real fast. No, they they're oh look look it's a squirrel oh look over there oh no no yeah but they're they're gorgeous dogs and so that's the reason I named him Darby. Obviously, that's an Irish name and sure one of the one of the dogs I lost a couple of weeks ago. His name was Flynn, uh, which is obviously an Irish name too. Sure. But, uh, I have a, as you know, I have a special affinity for all things Irish. I've noticed that about you, and I have no problem with that. I applaud that. Um, I will say that I heard a, uh, I, I listened to a bunch of other podcasts, and one uh, I heard where a guy was describing uh, hawks. And I, I think you and I have talked about um, either hawks or uh, what other uh, big birds like that? Are there birds of prey? Um, um, well, there's falcons, falcons, there's falcons. He might have been talking about falcons. I don't know if the two birds have the same behavior pattern, but basically, he was asked, uh, "Okay, how does somebody go about acquiring and training one of these birds, either a hawk or a falcon?" And his answer surprised me. He says, "Okay, let's say you're the guy that wants to go out and get a falcon for yourself. Well, here's what you do: you wait until you find one." like that's been knocked down or something, you throw a net over it or somehow capture it and you strap it to your arm and you feed it squirrel parts every day. Well, it's strapped to your arm. And after, and this guy said 12 days, I don't know if it's the same for all of them. It may be some are dumber than others. Once that bird has been strapped to your arm and been eating fresh meat for 12 days, it has imprinted on you and I it thinks yeah, I, I don't doubt thinks, that it thinks you're its daddy well does it take 11 days in some cases or 13 days in other cases he was very specific about 12 days i don't know if i want to walk around with anything strapped to my arm for 12 days without taking a shower or whatever but I, you keep feeding the thing raw meat and eventually it thinks you're its daddy yeah that's that's absolutely true i'm not going to go off on this tangent today but Sometime, ask me what the largest, now I know what people are going to say because, but it's a wrong answer. What is the largest bird of prey in the world? And you're, well, a you've lot of told people, me, are they condors? People are gonna, uh, no, actually not. Well, okay. Let me, let me rephrase it just to make it a little more clear. Someday okay. ask me what the largest eagle is. Can I ask you now? Cause I don't want to wait. I'll forget. It's a harpy eagle. Okay, nobody, I, I've nope. heard the term harpy. Yeah, well, they're South American, and these these eagles are just 
they're they're awe inspiring. They're he- they're heavy. They're big. I mean, it looks like a freaking four seven forty seven. And boy, are they nasty! <laughs> really? Oh, Jesus. Well, just the name is kind of nasty. There was a Claude Rains movie that was made in the nineteen thirties, where Claude Rains was a lawyer, very successful guy. Uh, obviously, in New York, all movies were set in New York back then, and so he had a girlfriend, and I can't remember what happened. It's been forever since I've seen this movie. But these harpies would appear every time something bad was going to happen to him, and he wound up losing his temper, I think, and killed his girlfriend. Then he tried to cover up the crime, and the harpies kept coming into the, you know, the harpies were three women singing, you know, this uh, high-pitched uh, wail and uh, the guy, I think, either wound up getting caught by the police or turning himself in because his life was so miserable. But he had a really nice life with a nice girlfriend and everything else. Nice legal practice, I think. And uh, then he managed to screw it all up. So well, that's I think, not good. No, but if you look under Claude Range in IMDb, you're going to find some movie made in the 1930s. It's got harpies in it. I don't know if harpy is in the name of the movie or not, but it was pretty darn spooky. And that's why I'll always remember the name Harpy. Well, it's a really hard word to forget. And I didn't realize until, oh, I don't know, two or three years ago that there was an eagle named after it. But, or, you know, it's probably, I don't, I don't think the eagle was named after it. I think somebody was named after the eagle. But anyway, long story short is we need to move on into some Medicare stuff. Let's do that. We're burning up and valuable time. We, are burn, our, our, we have only... Like, I don't know, how much a minute does this cost us, Doug? Well, it's it's pretty pricey, I got to tell you. From my perspective, uh, it's a break-even proposition because the money goes out and the money comes back in. But from your perspective, it's got to be uh, uh, just a, a whole fun thing to have me come over electronically and uh, visit with you oh, a couple I, of times I, a week. I, absolutely. I would really miss it if we didn't. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, as, as the executive uh, producer here, I'm going to encourage Mr. Jones to switch gears and move on into all things Medicare. All righty. Let us, let us attach ourselves to the Medicare uh, uh, subject and perhaps we'll become imprinted. Now, uh, Careful listeners, um, attentive listeners to this podcast know that I am all about promoting the sale of Medicare advanced or Medicare supplement plans and discouraging. Oh boy, that caught Randy by surprise. I discourage Medicare Advantage plans for many reasons. I've got 10 of them listed in the book. And if you buy the book, you can read the 10 reasons that I think Medicare Advantage plans are a bad idea for people to purchase. And um, there are many good reasons for Medicare supplement plans to be the plan of choice for somebody that's just entering Medicare. But one should be aware that um, if you pass up the opportunity to have a Medicare supplement plan, which is the finest level of protection in the Medicare world, uh, then you will possibly risk never being able to qualify for a Medicare supplement plan if you have a uh, health problem that comes up in the future. Now, uh, Randy and I were just talking uh, before the podcast about one of his old-time friends, maybe a 50-year-long friendship, uh, where the, uh, the guy has come down with cancer and is desperately seeking a uh, reasonable 
uh, expertise, reasonable level of expertise to have his cancer treated. And so he went to the Mayo Clinic, which his Medicare Advantage plan allowed him to do, and had a bad experience there. Not to say that the Mayo Clinic is not uh, a source of excellent medical expertise, but he uh, did not get the diagnosis or the the uh, attention that he thought he should have. Uh, he and his daughter were not treated as well as he thought they should be. And it was told that uh, the diagnosis was not really within the purview of the specialist that was assigned to him at the Mayo Clinic. So now he could have, if he had a Medicare supplement plan, he could choose any number of other cancer centers or treatment centers that specialize in the problem that he has. But he's got a Medicare Advantage plan, which severely limits the the um, doctors and hospitals that are allowed to treat him. Uh, he can go someplace else and pay for it himself, but that's likely to drive him into bankruptcy. Uh, frankly, and the fact that he has a Medicare Advantage plan has limited the number of places that he can seek treatment for the cancer that is uh, jeopardizing his uh, happy existence. So then I ran across an article recently uh, from the Kaiser Family Foundation. I'm not sure I always trust everything they have, but this looks like a fairly balanced and uh, well-designed uh, article describing 62 studies. They reviewed 62 studies uh, in order to find out which is better, Medicare Advantage or Medicare Supplement? And I'll read you the headline right now just so that you, uh, you know, your tension is relieved. A review of 62 studies finds few big differences between traditional Medicare, which is what I propose, traditional Medicare with a supplement. Uh, so they find few differences between that and Medicare Advantage on a variety of measures. Now, they didn't measure everything, but they had some things that they measured, and those will become apparent as I uh, as I read the article. Now, I've got the article, and then I thought, well, this is so good. I'm going to go to the um, little thing uh, you could click on to get to the, um, to the synopsis, the findings, the conclusion. And I, I'm torn. I think I'm going to read the article itself, because the conclusion is really kind of buried within the article here. So once again, a review of 62 studies finds few big differences between traditional Medicare and Medicare Advantage on a variety of measures. Enrollees in Medicare Advantage were more likely to get routine checkups and immunizations, while those in traditional Medicare were more likely to receive care in the highest rated hospitals. Now, that's a fairly substantial difference. And frankly, I'm going to choose number two, door number two there, if I have the choice. Um, Medicare supplement people were uh, more likely to be treated in the highest rated facilities. With the Medicare open enrollment period set to begin October 15th, it's really called annual election period, AEP. But uh, during that time, a perennial decision is faced by Medicare beneficiaries, uh, and that is whether to get their coverage through traditional Medicare or the private plans known as Medicare Advantage. A new Kaiser Family Foundation review of 62 studies published since 2016, uh, published in the last six years, uh, those companies, uh, they, they compare Medicare Advantage and traditional Medicare on measures of 
beneficiary experience, affordability, utilization, and quality. And the studies found few differences that are supported by strong evidence or have been replicated across multiple studies. For example, beneficiaries in both coverage types reported similar rates of satisfaction with their care and overall measures of care coordination. Notably, relatively few studies specifically examine specific subgroups, such as the beneficiaries from communities of color living in rural areas or dually eligible for Medicare and Medicaid, making it difficult to assess the strength of the findings or how broadly they apply. Well, I have to tell you that uh, if the economy is cooking, then the uh, in the destitute, the poor people that uh, they did not measure, are um, they comprise a fairly small percentage of the overall um, Medicare participants. However, uh, this article wants to make it clear that they did not; their findings uh, findings are not relevant to those groups. People of color, people who are poor people who are living in rural areas or those that are uh, dually eligible for Medicare and Medicaid. In some areas, however, the research identified noteworthy differences between Medicare Advantage and traditional Medicare. Medicare Advantage enrollees were more likely than those in traditional Medicare to report having a source, a usual source of care. They were also more likely to receive preventive care services such as annual wellness visits, routine checkups, screenings, and flu or pneumococcal vaccines. Medicare Advantage enrollees reported better experiences getting needed prescription drugs. I don't know how that could be. And most studies found that utilization of home health services and post-acute skilled nursing or inpatient rehab facility care was lower among Medicare Advantage enrollees. Most studies found that utilization of those services was lower among Medicare Advantage enrollees than traditional Medicare beneficiaries, but they were inconclusive as to whether that was associated with better or worse outcomes. Now, traditional Medicare, a somewhat smaller share of traditional Medicare beneficiaries um, is uh, experienced a cost-related problem, mainly due to lower rates of cost-related problems among traditional Medicare beneficiaries with supplemental coverage. What the heck? A somewhat smaller share of traditional Medicare beneficiaries than Medicare Advantage enrollees experienced a cost-related problem. So basically, they're saying that Medicare supplement uh, buyers, uh, a fewer or smaller percentage of them experienced a cost-related problem. Um, hmm, this is not worded in an easy-to-understand way. Traditional Medicare beneficiaries without supplemental coverage had the most affordability-related difficulties. So I think what they're saying here is that those who had traditional Medicare and a Medicare supplement had a better financial experience when they're dealing with their illnesses than Medicare Advantage enrollees. And I can tell you why that would be, because most Medicare Advantage plans have cost-sharing uh, uh, segments of the plan built in. And as soon as you need care, 
They will reach deeply into your pocket. And the, the more care you need, the deeper they're going to reach into your pocket to a very, very large annual out-of-pocket limit. So if you need a lot of care, they're going to be um, taking thousands of dollars in co-pays and co-insurance and deductibles, whereas that is not the case with your Medicare supplements. So I think that's what they're saying here, that the financial outcome of disease or uh, treatment of illness is um, was more satisfactory for those who had traditional Medicare and a Medicare supplement than it was for Medicare Advantage plans. Also, traditional Medicare outperformed Medicare Advantage on measures such as receiving care in the highest rated hospitals for cancer care or in the highest quality skilled nursing facilities and home health care agencies. So uh, those are two kind of important things, I think. In other areas, findings were mixed or showed little difference between Medicare Advantage and traditional Medicare based on multiple studies. Among the findings, there were generally no differences in the aggregate number of hospital days or average length of stay for common medical admissions. Also, neither Medicare Advantage nor traditional Medicare consistently perform better across all quality measures. Additionally, two analyses of several measures of beneficiary experience found no differences between the two groups in experiences with wait times and in the share reporting trouble finding a general doctor, being told that their health insurance was not accepted, and being told that they would not be accepted as a new patient. Apparently, they were treated the same. Findings related to the use of other health and healthcare services, including hospital care and prescription drugs, and condition-specific quality of care measures varied, likely due to differences in data and methodology across the studies. Interest in how well Medicare Advantage plans serve their growing and increasingly diverse enrollee population has never been higher as Medicare Advantage for the first time is projected to enroll more than half of all eligible Medicare beneficiaries next year, making it the main way that Medicare beneficiaries, God, I hate it when they use that term, uh, making it the main way that Medicare participants get their coverage and care. In comparison, just over a decade ago, only 25% of the eligible population was in a Medicare Advantage plan. Well, there's the power of advertising for you. It is uh, not surprising to me that when the drums are being pounded all year long about Medicare Advantage, and uh, when people are often hoodwinked by the empty promises that some of these uh, people are making to the clients and the potential clients, then you're going to find a lot of people in Medicare Advantage plans who really would be better served by Medicare supplement plans. But at least that's the synopsis of the 62 studies that we just read or that we uh, uh, have uh, had uh, explained to us by the Kaiser Family Foundation. So there we go, Randy. Pretty exciting, huh? Wow. I, uh, I got some information out of that that actually kind of surprised me. It's not going to change my mind any, but it still kind of <laughs> surprised me. So anyway, we have... Uh, we have burned up our airtime here. Yes, we so have. We need to sign off. And, and as usual, there's a few little, you know, order of business types of items that we need to do. Number one is write Doug. Get out yeah. your email and write Doug at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. 
He loves getting your, you know, your emails. He looks forward to it and somewhat disappointed if you don't. Right, Doug? I'm happy to uh, correspond with anybody, anybody at any time for any reason. So, yes, yep. you're exactly yep. right. Absolutely. Doug already mentioned where you can acquire all of the various versions in terms of delivery vehicles for his book, Medicare for the Lazy Man, 2022, Simplest and Easiest Guide Ever, with the green numbers. You can get an audio version. You can get a Kindle version. Now, one thing I was going to, it just occurred to me while Doug was talking earlier in the podcast that this is a Kindle version, yes, but those of you who have, uh, you know, Apple devices or Android devices or whatever have you, there is an application available for each of those various operating systems, a Kindle application that you can read a Kindle uh, book version of his book on your iPhone, on your Android, on your uh, iPad or any one of versions of numbers things so if you didn't know that i just thought i would mention it to you because you don't have to have a necessary physical kindle to do this yeah i think i remember um buying the kindle version on for my kindle and they had a list of similar machines that one could um, yeah. buy the book for and i think yeah. they they take care of uh um phasing it properly or um you know there's a uh, they they make it usable on your machine if it's right. not an, a Kindle. Right. So I just thought I'd mention it. It occurred to me that maybe some folks weren't aware of that and didn't have a Kindle because it's a very cost-effective way to read Doug's book. And you can read it while you're going to sleep at night. You can read it on your break at work. You can just read it pretty much anywhere you want to read it. You can read it while yeah. you're driving or... <laughs> yes, absolutely. Or or flying or, or anything, riding a train or a bus. So we need to sign it off. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate it. You could have been a number of different places and you weren't. You were here spending a little bit of time with us at Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. And Doug today, as he usually is, is in his fortress of solitude. But you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy originally from Oklahoma, now living in the high mountains behind Cave Creek, Arizona. Up above the clouds. Yes, Bye-bye, everyone. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do the altitude today. You didn't do an altitude, and that's probably fine because I'm tired of having a bloody nose every time you put me up <laughs> over 20,000 feet, so... Oh Let's, yeah, yeah. It gets a little, gets a little air. It gets a little what? Uh, what? What would be the word? Uh, hard to breathe. There we yeah, go. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, oxygen free up there, and that's not that's my right. ideal atmosphere. But anyway, thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll see you in the next episode.